Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 279. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. Richard Ryerson here. So happy you're tuning into the show. Special episode today. Today, as I release this and record this, is the canonization of Mother Teresa into sainthood. I've always uh, been intrigued by Mother Teresa, now St. Teresa of Calcutta. And I'm not Catholic, but I was familiar with her and her works and what she did and to help the poor and those suffering with HIV and AIDS. And, of course, I remember when she won the Nobel Peace Prize. And I remember when she won that Nobel Peace Prize... Someone asked her, you know, what can we do about solving world peace? And her answer, reply was, go home and love your family. And to me, that just sums up everything we talk about here on Dose of Leadership, understanding that leadership at its root is love. And I thought today I had a good friend of mine, Vito Maza, and I've known Vito for a few years now. And Vito has a very compelling story. He was the last North American uh, person, someone from North America that actually got to talk to her. He talked to her five days before she died. And again, Vito is is a, a great speaker, an MC, a presenter. He's such a positive guy. He's a leader in his own right. He's been in a lot of masterminds with me. And he reached out and he wanted to share his story uh, about Mother Teresa. And I thought it would be perfect, you know, with this canonization happening on the 4th of September. It'd be great to have uh, Vito share his story, his interaction with Mother Teresa. And that's what this episode is. It's a conversation, kind of like a fireside chat like I've done with my good friend Evan Walker. It's a fireside chat with my good friend Vito Maza, a leader in his own right, uh, talking about his passion uh, and his love for Mother Teresa, now St. Teresa of Calcutta. And I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it intrigues you, you learn something about Mother Teresa and I encourage you to go out and learn a little bit more about her. Fascinating woman. Um, what was fascinating to me, too, is that she struggled with faith for so long, for 50 years. And, and when you read her writings and her letters, and how she struggled with faith. And on one hand, that's discouraging. But as I thought about it more, it's actually encouraging because it just shows you that this struggle with leadership of leading a life of significance is not an easy one. And we're not alone. And so sit back, enjoy this conversation with Vito Maza. Uh, I'll have links where you can learn more about Vito, and uh, you can learn more to help out with uh, the cause of uh, St. Teresa. And again, I hope you enjoy this show. So without further ado, Vito Maza and myself, Fireside Chat about St. Teresa of Calcutta. Well, Vito, what an honor to have you 
on the show with me, a good friend of mine, to record a, a fireside chat. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, Richard, this is a great honor uh, to be with you uh, on a fireside chat. I've been listening to you. I've been in a few masterminds with you, and uh, you're one of my uh, one of my idols. So I'm I'm tickled to be doing this and honoring uh, honoring Mother Teresa at the same time. Well, I'm humbled by your comments, but it's, it's truly a privilege to have you on. You've been one of the favorites on the mastermind. Everybody always loves it when Vito participates. You always bring a fresh perspective, a challenging perspective, I might add. That's one thing I've always appreciated about you, Vito, is that um, if you disagreed, you would let us know, and it was always fun and engaging, and everybody was always better off if you were on the call. So, uh, Well, thank you, Richard. I appreciate that. You know, we're, we're, we're talking today, and I remember even the very first mastermind that when we met a few years ago and became friends, um, you talked about Mother Teresa uh, quite a bit, and you had a, a great experience with her. And I'm insatiably curious about this because, you know, from a leadership perspective, obviously, I think on the surface you would look at her and you think, yeah, that's the type of leader um, that we'd want to emulate. But i got to be honest with you. I really don't know the Mother Teresa like you know her. Why is Mother Teresa or why has she been such an influential kind of mentor and impact, impactful person in your life? Well, the way that I got to meet her was totally by accident. Um, and I'll tell you that story in a minute, but as far as leadership is concerned, um, we've always admired Mother Teresa from the time that she became known to the public. And, uh, you know, John Maxwell, uh, when he talks about leadership, he says that leadership is influence. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, And he also says that when a person's a leader, they know the way, they go the way, and they show the way. So she modeled all of the behavior that she expected from the missionary of charity sisters and priests. And so uh, I'll tell you, I have told this story to hundreds and hundreds of people in various uh, groups, sometimes in in an audience at a communion breakfast or at a Knights of Columbus meeting, But uh, whoever I talk to, of all faiths, uh, most uh, astonishingly, everybody loves Mother Teresa. At least the ones I talk to, Richard. Now, there are some others. (laughs) Yeah, there are some that are detractors from, you know, and I I was even kind of surprised about that. Again, from somebody who um, knows her at the you know surface level and of course you know why wouldn't you love mother teresa but she's a, a fascinating individual I, and i think even for me what surprised me and it makes me even more curious about her was when i think some of her writings came out i the time escapes me it was probably longer than this but if i don't know 5 years ago 6 years ago maybe or even longer when they were kind of released about her dark times her dark times and and how even yep. You know, even for years, for 50 years, she struggled with this idea of faith. And does God even exist? And I thought, holy cow. You know, she's saying, where is my faith? Even deep down, there's nothing but emptiness and darkness. But she persevered. She kept going on. And that's the that's really is the definition of faith, is it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody knew, including her confessor, uh, including her, her uh shall we say, underlings, the nuns in her order. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, from a leadership point of view, Richard, you've probably heard this many times where they say, if you're going to complain, you complain up. 
Right. If you, if you're going to be positive, you can tell everybody, but uh, don't tell your your team about the problems you're having. And she certainly did not do that. Uh, but but she worked her way through it by uh, going up. Of course, she went to the main source, is what we think. But <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, it's it's amazing to think about how. And I suppose when I first heard that, that, you know, she was, I think one of her letters, she was even saying, you know, that she, uh, I don't know who she was writing to, but I think one of one of her um, confidants, I think, but, you know, they said, you know, that she said that Jesus has a very special love for you, the person she was writing to, but she said, but for me, there's nothing but silence and emptiness. And I look and I do not see, I listen, I do not hear. And I want you to pray for me, please, and let that I let him have a free hand. And I'm just like, oh my gosh! I mean, that just shows the discipline that she had, you know, because most and the of the humility, the humility, yeah. And and Absolutely. I guess my point was at the the first hand, I hear that and I'm thinking, oh, there is no hope. If Mother Teresa doesn't believe in God, then what chance do I have? But then, right. as I started to, to marinate on that a little bit, it was like, wow, that is that is the at the heart of everything we're talking about when it comes to leadership is that despite the fear, despite the uncertainty, you press forward, not knowing how it's going to happen. You just know it's going to happen at some point, you know? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Richard, you remind me of some uh, beautiful experience that my family had this week, and it has to do with Pope Francis. Uh, you know, Pope Francis, if you see him or you hear people talking about him, he always asks people to pray for him. Yeah. Just like, but just like Mother Teresa did in that, uh, in that letter you referred to. Well, two weeks ago, my daughter and her husband, they're newlyweds this, this year, visited Rome and went to the Vatican. And as newlyweds, they were able to sit in a special section of the Pope's Wednesday public Mass. Wow. After Mass, Pope Francis went over to the newlyweds, and I have a picture of Pope Francis holding my daughter and son-in-law's hand with his left hand, and he said to them, pray for me. And my son-in-law said, we will. And the picture shows him pointing with his right hand, with his index finger out, and he said to them, you better remember to. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I mean, that was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the joy that comes when uh, someone you love experiences that kind of special event is uh, it's quite overwhelming. When her mother and I got the pictures, I'll tell you, it was uh, uh, it was very touching. That I love that story. How did you tell me about the time you met Mother Teresa and why that was so impactful for you? Well, I'll I'll try to be somewhat brief because this is not more than a six-hour podcast. Correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's correct. All right. All right. Good. So so here's what happened. I uh, I spent. Most of my career, I'm, I'm a high school English teacher by vocation. And very early, in fact, right after I graduated from college and got married, which we did in the same month, uh, which proved we didn't learn very much in college, but I'm still married to that woman. Okay. <laughs> so 
so Kay answered an ad, and it was they were hiring teachers. And so I walked her to the office for the interview, and it turned out to be the World Book Encyclopedia Company. And I listened to the interview on the other side, or and uh, I asked the guy if I could try this. Well, I stayed for twenty eight years. <laughs> I love those books, and I love the whole concept of educating children in the home and introducing our children to books and reading and all that good stuff. And so uh, there was a time in the mid-'90s where the whole industry changed. Uh, you know that thing about being the best Bucky Wick company in the country? Right. Uh, you could be the best encyclopedia, but if people are buying a computer from uh, Bill Gates and get a CD with, the com- with an encyclopedia on it, it makes things a little bit different. <laughs> right. So uh, what happened was I became a distributor for the company, and I was working in the New York metro area. I live in northern New Jersey. And I got a call saying that uh, people that I knew, the Krishnans, Mina and Mohan Krishnan, were looking for someone to come to India to do some training. And I said, wow. And they said, well, someone recommended you that you could do a good job for them, and would you be interested in talking to them? I said, absolutely. I'd love to. You know, what an, what an opportunity. So this is November of 96, and my interview is like the first week in December. Thanksgiving week, I get a copy of a letter that Mother Teresa had written to Mohan and Mina about thanking them and World Book for the wonderful materials that provide and how it will help the children of India, particularly the girl children who will be the mothers educating their children. I mean, it's a beautiful letter. And I I was so impressed. So I go for my interview, and uh, I said, Mohan, oh, my goodness, we got that letter. Wow, you know. He said, oh, it's more than a letter. We have a relationship with Mother. I said, really? He said, yeah. Now, at World Book, uh, about half of us had been teachers. Um, about 80% were women. And so the team in Calcutta had a lot of teachers and a lot of women, and they would volunteer at Mother Teresa's mother house. The headquarters, the world headquarters are in Calcutta, and these ladies established this relationship. And so... Uh, when he closed on me, whether or not I would take the trip, <laughs> he said, and if you come, we'll get you to go to Mother Teresa's house when you're in Calcutta. <laughs> I, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah I'll be right. there. So it uh, turned out I was supposed to go January, February, March. It wasn't until August 22nd that I left for India. And I still didn't know if I was really going to see her because she wasn't feeling great. And uh, you might remember she uh, met Princess Diana in New York in June, that that famous picture of Diana bending down to yeah. her hand. Anyway, so on August 28th, which was my birthday, uh, I got a phone call from Mohan Krishnan. I was in the city of Lucknow in India, and he said, Vito, it's a rain. You're going to be going to Mass at Mother Teresa's house at 6 o'clock Mass and they're going to pick you up, and then you'll come back, and you'll do the training, and whatever, whatever. So I said, great. So uh, that's that's how it happened. And um, so now th- this is a, a 
interesting part of the story. You know, traveling in Indigo was not the easiest thing. In fact, the trip was quite grueling. Their airline schedule is not like, well, maybe it's changed now, but certainly there was one flight from where I was to Calcutta on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, and I was supposed to get into Calcutta. The flight was delayed, Mm. and and it was delayed. And Richard, you know I'm one of those emotional guys. Mm. I I, I was dying. I'm sitting in my seat. In in first class, which is how Mohan sent me every place, it was fantastic. And the people on the planes that I was on were—I mean, at one point I sat next to Mr. of Education for India. <laughs> wow. uh, moment I met this man, Mr. Chatterjee. So I was riled up, you know. And he said, "What's the matter?" And I told him, "I said I gotta get to Calcutta tonight because otherwise I'm gonna miss my opportunity to meet Mother Teresa." And he and he put his hands together. You know how how they do for yeah, right. namaste. Right. No, you understand, young man, that in India you have to learn acceptance. Acceptance. That that is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> I mean, I energy guy, and that I said, all right, I'll try it. I'll try it. So anyway, long story short, I get to, to Calcutta at midnight. Oh my gosh! Hour delay. The ladies meet me at the airport, and every air, airport that I was greeted at, they gave me flowers. Uh, one place, they gave me a jasmine lay. It was the most unbelievable aroma I've ever experienced in my life. And so they gave me a, a wicker basket, Richard, with cellophane wrapped with flowers in it, and they said, look, we got to get up early. I'm going to pick you up at 5. I said, okay. So I go into the hotel. And uh, it was a, a what they call a ta- the Taj Bengal, a five-star hotel in Calcutta. Would you expect that? No. <laughs> uh, beautiful hotel I've ever been in. Wow. The poorest of the poor, right? Right. So get up, and we go downstairs, and I meet them. I'm waiting for them at 5 o'clock, um, and they come in. And uh, the way that it works in India... Not everybody has a car available, so they have a lot of drivers. The hotel driver, little Mercedes, and I've got my wicker basket because I decided, well, I'll bring it to the house and, you know, make a donation there of this basket uh, for Mother Teresa's house. So we go, and uh, my hostess, her name is Soma Sen. Soma and I are in the car, and we go about three blocks, and the car dies. And the guy can't start the car again. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Richard, what do you think I'm thinking of? You're thinking that you're never going to get a chance to see this. Well, no. Now, by now, Mr. Chatterjee had made an impact on me. Oh, so, so acceptance. Calmly <laughs> with acceptance. <laughs> right. Acceptance. Now, my friend Soma had not been with Mr. Chatterjee. She was not into acceptance. She said to the guy, go get another car. We're going to <laughs> Right. I ran back to the hotel, came with another car, we went, and we stopped at a, a church. And uh, we go into this rectory, we're picking up the priest who's going to say mass. Oh my goodness, so now we, we go and we get to uh, Mother Teresa's house about, I don't know, quarter to six, and we go upstairs and I've got the flowers in my hand, and I 
uh, I walk into the little corridor there, and uh, one of the nuns sees me, and she says, oh, bring those flowers right into the chapel. I said, where? She says, she pointed to the door, and I went. And uh, so I walk through the door, Richard, and I look down, and to my left is Mother Teresa sitting in a wheelchair. Wow. And she looked up up at me, and she did namaste, and she said thank you and tapped me on the arm and snapped her fingers. Someone took the flowers under the altar. And so during the Mass, the flowers were there, and I, I, I was overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it. So after Mass, uh, we were waiting with a bunch of other folks. Uh, very interesting, you know. So when you hear people talking about Mother Teresa, so here at this Mass, there's about, I don't know, 40 novices. These are young women studying to be missionaries of charity nuns. And there's a bunch of people like me, which they called pilgrims. Right. And the other group in the room were street people from Calcutta. Everybody was welcome to come to Mass at Mother's house. So after Mass, we're standing there, and I'm talking to some other pilgrims, and one of the nuns looks down at my, my feet, and she says, oh, good, it wasn't you. I said, what do you mean? She said, uh, somebody stole somebody's shoes, because we all took our shoes off to go into the chapel. And and I said, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't me either. You know, I mean, it's amazing. So they must deal with this stuff all the time. And so we're waiting, and Mother Teresa starts to work her way, and she's giving people a, a blessing. She's touching people's foreheads and greeting people. And she finally gets up to me, and she says, uh, where are you from? And I said, I'm from America, Mother, from uh, the New York area. Um Right where you met Princess Diana, I live in New Jersey, right over the bridge from where that is in the Bronx. So I shake her hand, and, you know, she's very gracious, and there's a nun wheeling her, and the nun says, New Jersey? She said, you know, we have a house in New Jersey. We have houses in New Jersey. I said, really? Where? And she said, I don't know, and says to another nun, go get a book. Go get that directory, you know? Now, this is interesting to me, Richard. At that time, the directory had 600 missions across the world of Mother Teresa's houses where her nuns lived. Now there are over a thousand. So her influence as a leader has grown dramatically since her passing. Right. With her canonization coming on Sunday... Uh, September 4th, I think it's going to grow even even further. But at any rate, so uh, we're, we're, we're there, and they bring the direct Mother Teresa's room where she shared a bedroom with three other nuns, okay? And uh, so the nun comes back with a book, and she says, oh, yeah, we got a place in Plainfield, but uh, that's a, a prayer house. You don't want to go there. I said, oh, okay. She said, we got a house in Newark. I said, Newark? I live, my office was five miles from Newark. I live about 15 miles from Newark. So I said, this is great. When I go home, I'm something for the house in Newark. She said, oh, that's nice, you know. I said, sister, maybe you can do me a favor. I brought a gift from mother. Uh, I brought, I brought a, a monetary gift, Richard, and... When I met Mother, I was so excited, I forgot to give it to her. Mm -hmm. So I said, 
can you help me? What, what can I do with this? He said, well, mother's resting now. I said, that's fine. Just tell me who to give it to. So she said, all right, hold on. And she left, and she came back out, and she said, um, sit on this bench. And I said, anything wrong? She said, no, sit on this bench. I sat on the bench, and they wheeled Mother Teresa back out to me. And for the next 20 minutes, I had a one-on-one with Mother Wow. It was fantastic. So she says to me, uh, so why are you here? I said, well, and the ladies that, uh, you know, my host and the teacher and the priest, they were we were all together in this. And I said, well, you know, when these ladies visited you and you wrote that beautiful letter to the book, well, that letter, I thought, wow. I said, so I'm here for World Book today, but now I have a mission. She said, what's that? I said, well, I heard that you have a house in Newark, New Jersey, and I live close to that, and so when I go home, I'm going to do something nice for your house in Newark. She said, good. She didn't elaborate. She said, good. So we're talking a little bit more, and um, she's talking about, uh, you know, what she does there, and she says to me, out of the blue, she said, you know, the Knights of Columbus have been very special to me. I said, I'm a knight, Mother. Hmm. She said, good. I said, okay. All right. So how did she know? Well, I mean, think about it, Richard. Who else is going to see Mother Teresa? Uh, you got to get a knight of Columbus, right? right. Traveling all over America. <laughs> right. so, so lucid, really. She, she was very sharp. And uh, so at one point... Uh, I heard the story about her calling card. And uh, it's quite an interesting little story. Uh, She had a guest, I don't know, some English or Indian dignitary, and uh, he asked her for her calling card. And she said, what's a calling card? And so they explained what a calling card was, and so she developed this quote, calling card. And I'd like to uh, uh, share this with you. On her card, there's a a five-line prayer, her name, and then something on the bottom. So let me read the card to you. The fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. And the fruit of service is peace. Mm. Mother Teresa, and on the bottom, Richard, it says, printed as a gift to the missionaries of charity by the Knights of... (laughs) How about that? I thought to myself, she's so sharp, you know? (laughs) She just, all together. Uh, P.S., at the um, uh, canonization... Um, the Knights of Columbus had uh, a new portrait um, commissioned uh, of Mother Teresa, who will be known as St. Teresa of Calcutta. And uh, there are going to be a million of those prayer cards with the new portrait of Mother Teresa distributed by the Knights of Columbus in the Vatican Center there in, in Rome, on the day of her canonization. So 
uh, our relationship with Mother Teresa continues. Uh, the Supreme Knight and uh, the Supreme Council of the Knights of Columbus uh, still have a magnificent relationship with, with her team. So anyway, after she gave me the card, one of the ladies said, uh, give Mother your pen, and she autographed the card. Yeah, I see that picture. You showed me a picture. I'm looking at it right now, yeah. She signed and it. Says, M. Teresa, M.C. Yeah. And they told me after this uh, event that, uh, well, so here's what it turns out to be, Richard. This was done, this event happened on August 31st. Yesterday was, or a couple of days ago, was 19 years. Uh, and it was the day that Princess Diana died. Wow. And so uh, they told me that I was the last man from North America to, to speak with Mother Teresa. Is that right? And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, amazing, just amazing. Uh, because what happened was when I left there that day, uh, we went on and did the training seminars, and then I had some uh, interviews with uh, some press there in Calcutta, and then we found out Princess Diana. Because of the six-hour time difference, Princess Diana actually died while I was at Mother Teresa's mass. Mm. It's o'clock versus 1 o'clock in, in Paris. So it was an unbelievable uh, it, you know the timing, uh, just unbelievable and amazing. And so that that was on the the thirty first. What date was this? On thirty first of August. Then she died on September fifth. Right. Yes, the thirty first. And so she died five years five days later. Amazing. Five days later. What an and so go ahead. You know, amazing. And uh, so here's what I meant when I said to her I would do, um, you know, something special for her house in Newark. And so here was my idea, because I, I do presentations. That's what I do. That's what I've done in my World Book career and my career since. I, I do public speaking and voiceovers and some different things. So my idea was that I'm the, there was the, the priest who said Mass was actually taking pictures of my, of my time with her. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was a beautiful thing, what happened there. Um, but I figured that I could show these pictures and do presentations about my experience. Oh, I have to share one other thing w with you, Richard, if you don't mind. Sure. My, um, I told you I, I had to wait nine months and then only four days, uh, actually, uh, yeah, three days before I found out that I would actually see her. So I called my wife and, and my two kids and told them about it. And then I called my mother. And when I said, Mom, it's set. I'm going to be at Mother Teresa's house for 6 o'clock Mass on Sunday. My mother gasped, you know. <laughs> right. And so I happened to have in my wallet pictures of my family. And I had a picture of my mother that had been taken a few weeks before. And I, and I told Mother Teresa the story. I said, Mother, um, this is Mother. And she's looking at the picture. And I told her about the sigh, you know, the gas. And I said, if she could see me showing you her picture, to a flip. <laughs> she laughed at that. She thought that was funny. <laughs> and that part of the whole trip, which was not an easy trip, 
was when I showed her the picture of my son Vito and my daughter Marissa, and she held those pictures in her hand, and she made the sign of the cross over those pictures, and she said, tell your children to help the poor. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So, you know, uh, they do, and uh, I did. And so I started doing... Uh, and I think the story, I'll end with what's coming up, Richard, but I started doing these presentations, as I said, for nights and churches and communion breakfasts, and I had a card, a, a card of Mother Teresa, a picture of her, and I said to people, you know, if you make a donation, I'll give you this card. And so people gave me money. And, you know, I know me, I know my honesty, my integrity, but... Uh, sister did not know me, the mother superior in Newark. So after I had done several of these and I, I raised, I don't know, four, five, six hundred dollars, whatever it was, I, I went to visit the house, which is on, uh, it's at 170 Sussex Avenue in Newark. And uh, so I go and I meet mother superior and I give her the money, you know, cash. And she said, what's this? And I tell her the story. Well, I told mother I'm going to do something to your house, and here's a donation. So in Newark, they have a house, uh, was a, uh, a food pantry. You know, they fed. Yeah. And they also had another part of the building where they had uh, battered women and their children could stay there. And so she said to me, wait a minute, you are not a fundraiser for Mother Teresa. I said, uh, she said, no, no, this is not how we do it. You, you can't go out and represent Mother Teresa like this. Oh, man. Oh, all right. She said, we believe, and Mother believes, divine providence. I said, sister, I understand what divine providence is. <laughs> Let me tell you that I've lived in this area of New Jersey all my life, and I never knew that you were here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, divine so providence is one thing, but I said, would you mind if I told people where you are? She said, no, you could do that. That's fine. But they have to give of their own volition. Hmm. I said, okay, that's fair enough. So that's what happened. And uh, so uh, I uh, made up a card, and on one side I photocopied... Uh, the prayer, and on the other side, I have the address of the missionaries of charity in Newark, with the phone number and the the mother superior's name. And so, when I went and gave my talks, I would offer people this card as a, you know, a thank you for uh, whatever they might do of their own volition uh, for Mother Teresa's house. And so, a little thing that I do um, to honor her and to give back something, because uh, what happened a few years later, Richard, was uh, actually 13 years ago, I had a cardiac arrest, and I survived this cardiac arrest. I mean, I had the paddles twice, and wow. it was very... And everybody that knows the story said, Mother Teresa saved you. <laughs> and, and, okay, I, I accept. I appreciate it, and I'll continue doing what I can to honor her and her work. And so that's why I'm so appreciative of your offer 
to do this podcast. And uh, what I'd like to do is this, Richard, uh, if you don't mind, if anybody contacts me, and you said you'll have my contact information up there. Yes. Uh, I have, uh, I could send the actual card, but the easiest thing would be I could send people um, an email with a with a copy of the uh, the prayer and signature on one side and the missionary of charity contact information on the other. Um, and I also recorded something. It's a mini novena. Um, I'd like to tell this story too, and then I'll be done, and you can ask whatever else you need. But um, Mother Teresa had this great love of the Blessed Mother. And there's a prayer called the Memorari, which is about reaching out to the Blessed Mother. And so Mother Teresa used to do what she called, or what I called, a mini-novena. So a novena is like nine days of masses or nine weeks. It's novena, nine. It's the number nine. No, 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 right? So, um, I found out yesterday, after calling this the mini-novena, that there was an article I read online about it, and they called it the flying novena. So that if they were out and it was bad traffic, she she would tell the nuns, let's do a flying novena. And they would say, not nine memoraries, but ten. And the tenth one was in thanksgiving for the prayers of the first night. And I love that thought. And so I actually recorded um, in my uh, voiceover voice, I I recorded the memorari ten times uh, so that uh, if someone would like to listen to that, I'd love to send that to them as well. I love it. Well, I love that story. I've never really heard that. I've never heard that full story. No, you gave me and an I'm sorry it took so long. No, no, it was great. I love the. I mean, it gave me more insight to why Mother Teresa is so important, impactful in your life. It makes perfect sense. And the fact that you were, you saw her literally five days before she passed, and you were the last, yep. you know, North American human being to talk to her. It's amazing, and of course, it's <laughs> going to have an impact on your life. I guess you know, as you study her life. And, you know, as we're all sitting there trying to become better leaders in every aspect of our lives, I mean, there's some obvious takeaways from emulating what she's done. But if you could sum it up, if you could cliff note it, what would be the the biggest takeaway, what you would try to emulate in your life, what Mother Teresa did? Well, uh, I'm certainly uh, no Mother Teresa, but here's what I would say, that I want to model the values that I possess. And, uh, you know, this was an impactful visit, but I was blessed to have great parents, which you and I have spoken about before. Uh, My parents had four kids. I'm the oldest of four. And I was raised with certain values, which I still live with and try to... uh, uh, my wife and I inculcated our own children, and now I try to share that with my two grandchildren. Um, I think to model the values that are important to you, 
is the way that we can emulate it because obviously Mother Teresa is a great role model, but no one even knew about the struggles. You know, it's like last week everybody talking about these great Olympians and the and the records that they broke, mm-hmm. Richard, but no one talks about, you know, the eight hours of day in the pool. No one talks about, you know, the right. travel mm-hmm. time that these people put in and, and how hard they work. And so uh, Mother Teresa worked hard on her faith, even though everybody thought it was an automatic for her. And um, so I would try to model anything that's uh, positive and uh, uh, shares the kind of love that she shared with people, because she's all about love. Yeah. In fact, I love my favorite thing that she was ever said. One time someone asked her, I think it was when she got her um, Nobel at... Uh, the Peace Prize. Peace Prize. Yep. No, no so, Peace Prize. Somebody asked her, what can we do to promote world peace? And her answer was, go home and love your family. And that exactly. sums up, you know, how we try to have all these big ideas. And what it boils down to, as you said, it just comes down to, to, to love and to get there. And I think that's the challenge, right? Is from, from a leader, leadership is all about love. And the, and the challenge to get there is kind of summed up in that prayer card that you were talking about, really. You know, if yeah. you notice that if if you look at kind of the the tree or the stair stepping to get to the love part of that card, and it's not the last one. Um, right. It's the fruit of silence is prayer, the fruit of prayer is faith, the fruit of faith is love, the fruit of love is service, and the fruit of service is peace. And so if we're ever gonna achieve everlasting peace, we have to become these purveyors of love, which is at the heart of leadership. And, yes. And to get there, you're going to have to meditate. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to have faith. And that's why, yes. and it took me a long time to get to the, the, the part or the realization that if you're going to achieve anything of significance in this life, and if you're going to be in the leadership realm, you're going to have to to have faith in, in, in your in the equation. If not, it's it's just not going to work. And so that's my big takeaway from from the stories that you well, brought to me. Well, and, and, and I appreciate that. The idea of love, you're always talking about the love that you got from the Marine Corps. Yeah. I know you love your girls at home, all your female children and your <laughs> wife. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, what I what struck me in India about Mother Teresa, so this was a big deal, you know, so I was with her on the 31st, and then I had uh, five more sessions that I did. My last session was on the 6th. So up until she died on the 5th, everybody was so excited. Every time we, I would go to a new location and they said, oh, you were with mother, how lucky, blah, blah, blah. And then she died on Friday and I had my last program on Saturday in Mumbai. And uh, the people in India you know, the, the Christians in India is a very, very small percentage. And an even smaller percentage are Catholics. I think it might be 2% or 3%. I'm not sure exactly what it is currently. But at the time, it was, you know, in the single digits. And it doesn't matter. Everyone in India loved Mother. They call her Mother. They didn't they didn't say Mother Teresa. They just said Mother. And when you said Mother in India, everybody knew who you were talking about. And I thought that was fascinating. And one last thing. On that day, the Saturday of September 6th, 
I'm about to give my presentation, and a woman walked up to me, and she said, you were with Mother Teresa? I said, yes. She said she was supposed to come to Mumbai in October. She was going to speak, to speak at our teacher's conference. I said, oh, I'm sorry. She said, you were with her. I said, yes, I was. She said, give me your blessing. So I put my hands on her head, I said a Hail Mary to myself, and she was pleased. Huh. And and I was almost overwhelmed by that, that, that you know, people, the influence that you have, um, you know, you can, you can take this good influence and share it with others. Right. You know, that's, I guess, what it's all about. It's uh, getting... The, helping others to get the best out of themselves. And I hope I gave that lady some peace that day because she certainly gave me some peace. Well, Vito, I love this story. I love, I appreciate you giving me the more insight about Mother Teresa. I'm even more curious to learn more about this woman. And, and as of, as you pointed out, in four more days as we're recording this, or three more days, we'll have to refer, refer to her as not uh, Blessed Mother Actually, Teresa. Actually, Saint- they're going to call her... St. Teresa, Saint Teresa of, Calcutta. of Calcutta from the canonization. So it, it's timely. I appreciate you reaching out to me and, and, um, and having this conversation. Again, I'll have links to how people can get in touch with you, can learn more about you, and can um, help out in, in the cause with Mother Teresa. Anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap this up? No, I just uh, I'm, I'm actually so happy that we're going to use the dose of leadership to tell her story. And I really appreciate you uh, offering this to me, Richard. So thank you very much, my friend. It was my honor, Vito. And again, it's always great to connect with you. And uh, any chance that uh, dose of leadership can help you and the mission of certainly the mission of Mother Teresa, spreading the word of love and service and sacrifice, which ultimately leads to peace, as uh, she points out. Uh, I'm all for. So Dose of Leadership always will be a welcome home for you and anything else that uh, you want to promote. So thanks for coming on the show, Vito. Thank you, Richard, and have a uh, safe and lovely holiday with your family. You too, my friend. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Hope you're finding some great value in Dose of Leadership. Hey, go check out my website, doseofleadership.com. Get your free access to some videos or to my free ebook. Also, check out richardryerson.com if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, group coaching, seminars, needing somebody to speak at your next event, I'm always available. Check out more at richardryerson.com. Let me know where you're at in your leadership journey. I'd love to hear from you. Richard at doseofleadership.com is a great way to get in touch with me. Find me on my Facebook page, LinkedIn, Twitter. Get in touch with me. We'll make it a great one.